It's another Manly Monday, and this Manly Monday, we're talking other people's baggage. And this has been coming up a lot lately, uh, and this is a tough one, because it's real, it's real easy to say hard to do, this particular subject, right? The idea we can intellectually accept that other people have preconceptions that have nothing to do with us. It's another thing entirely to feel the sting of rejection because people are connecting you to something you're not based on an assumption they don't even know they're making. And this is the underlying dynamic uh, behind a lot of stuff I've seen referenced in the comments of videos lately. You know, things like, oh, if a guy's good looking, you know, it's sexy. If a guy's not, it's creepy. And that's connected to one aspect of something called the halo effect that I was thinking about doing a video on, but I'm like, no, it's just, it's too big a chunk. And the science may be, don't say it's wrong, but a lot of the studies that the halo effect is based on are extremely small and uh, they test some things in men that they don't test in women and they test some things in women that they don't test in men and then they make assumptions about why you know for instance the halo effect on attractiveness and intelligence virtue so on and so forth women assume good-looking men are smarter, nicer, more intelligent, uh, smarter, nicer, um, better people, but they don't see attractive women as necessarily smarter, nicer, better people. And, you know, the researchers posited that that's because the jealousy women have for attractive women counteracts any positive halo effect, but they don't know. They don't check. And I think think there's a lot more I refer to myself as ego ego's charged but hear me out because we talk a lot about women and red flags and why women are constantly scanning for threats and so a lot of awkward behavior is dismissed as, well, not dismissed, but it's, it's demonized as creepy. And <clears throat> I was saying to a friend uh, over the weekend that I think a lot of that is some women not wanting to admit that they're rejecting a guy for not being cool and confident enough. So it's, oh, he's creepy instead of he's awkward, I'm not interested. And that, that's like the dark side of that particular kind of female nice that I just don't do. And this connects to another conversation I had with someone else. And this was a heartbreaking conversation because... An exchange he'd had with a woman hadn't gone well. And I actually mediated on this one. Um, and, you know, it meant they're still talking to each other, which is probably not the way it would have been had he not reached out. 
but this guy was heartbroken that he meant no harm. He isn't one of the bad guys, but he was being treated as if he was. And, you know, I told him, but she doesn't know that. She doesn't know you well enough. And how long is long enough to really know a person? That's a tough one because it, you know, it really depends on how much of that person you see and how they, how good they are at masking things. And I think a lot of the problems is that people who are socialized masculine and people who are socialized feminine don't ever really learn how the other side has been socialized and what these different heuristics mean, right? Uh, and, you know, during a very frank conversation, just as an example, um, you know, how different, I, I'm, I'm being real careful because I, I don't want anybody to hear themselves reflected in these and feel bad because um, they really were situations that were nobody's fault. And this is the stuff that just frustrates me because because I talk to a lot of men and I talk to women as well. You know, I'm in, in female spaces because I'm forced into them. It's, it's so different, you know, and the understanding is so different. And we talk a lot about how masculinized conversations are allegedly more straightforward. They're really not in my experience. The codes are just different. If you talk primarily to men, you understand the, when someone says this, they really mean that, right? There's a whole other set of codes for women that are, when they say this, she really means that. I hate them all. I cannot stand them as somebody who's stuck, not totally in in one way or the other. And I know that part of it, and this is what frustrates me so much, is I had the crap kicked out of me in school in terms of writing style. Be more assertive. State it. Don't hedge. Draw, rah, rah. You know, it's like, all right, here we go. And, and these, are, these are masculinized speech patterns. All of academia, all of news, all of the chat shows we see are masculine language coded. And so women have to code switch all the time to, to uh, function in that environment. I was a TV writer before I was ever on camera. I wrote in male voice for seven years before I had to host of myself. And I remember that, that, that jib camera coming down the first time and thinking, I don't know how to talk as a girl. It was, uh, uh, it took me a bit. It took me a bit to change gears because women are trained to minimize statements 
not be assertive, not state things plainly. And men are taught to maximize, which means men are overdoing it and women are underdoing it. And so neither of them are actually depicting reality and missing each other by a mile. And it, this manifests in so many places. I mean, over the weekend I had, and the nice thing about being in things, being in text and, you know, Twitter DMs or Facebook messenger, discord or whatever, I get to see, you know, what one side says happen. The other side says happen. And then I get the logs of the conversation between the two of them. And I see what actually happened. And I see that neither side is completely objectively reflecting reality. And when this comes down to boundaries, this is not funny. This is frustrating and heartbreaking. And I see it all the time. Because the guy will be walking, well, the guy will walk away feeling hurt because he's like, she seemed receptive. She never told me. The woman says, and I'm sorry, this is heteronormative. This, I'll, I'll get to a bit of, of how, you know, people who are not interested in the opposite sex, how it's different. But, uh, you know, the woman's like, I set a boundary. And then I get the chat log. And I see how she legitimately tried and how if she was talking to another woman, heterosexual woman or bisexual woman, woman who is interested in men. Um, I see how to her, she set a boundary and I see why the guy totally missed it. And whose fault is that? Nobody's. It's the fact that we segregate boys and girls to, you know, stop the sex. Now, let's face it. They don't really care about sex. It's to stop their little angels from getting knocked up because they're pushing boys, you know, to go out and get some. And no matter what people say, we are still telling girls to keep your legs closed we're still telling boys that they only have value if they get laid. And I see the effects of it every day. And I mean, example for people in gaming, the way Baldur's Gate 3 is being treated as very different thing. I mean, God, the number of shirtless Asterian clips I have seen, and it's game footage, it's not fan art, but there is also the fan art. And I mean, every single one of those guys is some kind of, you know, eye candy. And then the women are like a bunch of monsters and a girl who looks like she cuts her own bangs. And of course, if, if you know what that means, um, but you know, Shadowheart's the most popular character, single romance option by far. And I don't think that's because um, there's anything special about her. I think it's simply that when it comes to 
the male romance options, there's more shiny. Other than Shadowheart, it's of, of the companions, it's a muscular tiefling and a Gith Yankee. And there's a whole bunch of fighting right now about the Gith Yankee character being unpopular. And it's like they made the Sarah mistake, Sarah from Dragon Age Inquisition, again. Like, Dungeons and Dragons players have been trained to think certain things about the Gith. You know, think certain things about the Gith Yankee. And I'm not going to go on a big tangent. It's just, if you are looking for a feminine romance option in that game, traditionally feminine romance option, Shadowheart's your only option. So you concentrate more into that character and she becomes the most popular. And then we get into all this. And, and she's also the one that was completely rewritten from early access based on the fact that she was horrendously unlikable. And, and not unlikable in a good way. Ow, Scout, thank you. Um, so, of course, she's going to be more popular. Because all of a sudden, she's nice. There's so many reasons that she's going to be popular other than, well, oh, she's the most conventionally attractive woman. But yes, also, she is the most conventionally attractive woman and shirtless vampire dude. Hello? Like, but it's treated as a very different thing. And people notice this. And so, you know, men have this thing of that teeny tiny sliver between loser and predator that, you know, makes them feel like they're acceptable. Hello, Scout. And then women have really no tiny sliver between invisible and slut and the whole sex positivity thing. Just the ladies doth protest too much, methinks. They, you know, people talk a good game. But we still have a paradigm of women blaming themselves when they are assaulted. Men not talking about it at all. Like, being in denial that you were assaulted is not better than blaming yourself. Uh, but the, it wasn't my fault, I was a victim, that's, that's self-talk. That's trying to convince yourself of something you're not convinced of. And then there's the whole, well, I want female friends, so I can't be too attractive because then we all know what happens. I talked about the, the, how women perceive attractive women. Uh, but then, you know, women who are interested in being attracted to men also still want to be appealing. And we are totally everybody's talking past each other about why and i mean that's why i think kate mckinnon is was perfect to play weird barbie because you know they 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 haul it back but she's got that slightly kind of lesbian vibe about her even though she's a very attractive woman and so she's like out of the whole rat race right and so she sees she sees clearly and it's exhausting for everyone. And we get into these misunderstandings. And 
then it's all the, well, do this, well, do this, well, do this, well, do this. And nobody actually slows it down. I shouldn't say nobody because I do this. But a, a lot of people don't have the benefit of slowing it down and actually have somebody going, did you see that? Like, you know, but I wasn't doing that, but she doesn't know that, dude, you know? And then just tell her I meant no harm. It's like, she doesn't know me very well. She's not going to, you know, and the stuff like, well, you know, I don't want to talk out of turn too much because these are tender things. And again, I don't, it's one thing to say, you did nothing wrong. It's another thing to say, you're going to get good results if you keep doing this. It's possible to do nothing wrong and still be able to do better going forward. And I've had numerous times where I've had to stop someone and say, look, are you actually looking for feedback or do you just want to complain? Because the minute you point out that something didn't translate, you get, you get the reactants, which of course you do. And I find it really interesting that we have the old adage that guys are more straightforward. But then we know that men react more strongly when something is said to them by a woman. So why would you expect a woman to be as straightforward? That's what I meant about that. One of the things I remember most acutely about what we used to call gay rights activism in the 90s. Now it's LGBTQAIIA. Um, but back then, you'd get a bunch of gay dudes and a bunch of lesbians in a room together. Some bisexual people, but it, back in the 90s, it you were either straight or... Or you were a target. It just, you were going to hell. You were awful. You were going to burn. You were not fit to be around children. So on and so forth. And I'd see the, you know, the gay guys who had no business, no reason to do anything with women outside of their mothers and sisters say, flat out rude things i read them as rude but i noticed it was the way they talked to each other but two guys calling each other bitch and then going bitch to a woman very different charge and it just becomes so habitual pardon the pun that was good uh accidental but it just becomes so habitual that they don't see the problem what that's how i talk to each other but it ain't the same and the the problem is <laughs> this was the 90s remember the women in the room could throw a better punch than the guys and there was a lot of whoa 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 and then dude would mouth off to me while i'm trying to break it up and then i was like what you say and it's funny but it was quite tense and that's 
where I first started seeing like, you know, when we live in a paradigm where we, we actively sex segregate and men and women primarily talk to each other for the purposes of, well, sex, eventually, somewhere. That's not a great paradigm for understanding. And unfortunately, that's the culture in which we were all raised. I've worked predominantly in male-dominated spaces, and I had the benefit of it not not being one male-dominated space. Talk radio, male-dominated. Um, you know, music programming, still male-dominated because of producers and camera ops. Uh, you know, tech, video games, male-dominated, you know. Um, and then with dance, female-dominated until you get really high level. And then theater where everybody was like, fuck it, we gotta get this thing done. And the fuck it, we gotta get this thing done really made me hyper aware. Because that's where, you know, especially if there's anything involving dance or lifts or any sort of thing where you are off the ground and someone has to catch you. You're not fussy, whether there's a hand on your butt if the alternative is falling flat on your face when you just fell from someone's shoulders. And sometimes, yeah, the, the bum, the tukus, is the most solid place to put your hand. It's why they call it a chairlift. But sometimes it just sort of slips and that's where you end up getting someone. And you get so used to it that it's not a bad thing anymore. And you know the difference between somebody grabbing you by accident and somebody grabbing you to grope you but that is experience right and when you're somebody like me who sticks out here sticks out here you know um there are situations where you have to put some you have to put other people at ease because collisions happen right and that does that is a process of unlearning the guilt and shame and fear and, you know, beating yourself up that we're trained in. And so when it comes to other people's baggage, it is very important to understand that other people don't come at things the same way you do. And that why do you think that? is a really powerful tool to find out what happened. But neither major pot is trained to go, why do you think that? Women are taught to say nothing, to just suck it up, to not make trouble. That's the one I'm like, oh breaks my heart every time somebody says it because it's usually in response to somebody doing something wrong and it's like I didn't want to make trouble and I've said to someone recently like you didn't you don't make trouble when you point out the trouble you didn't make that you're responding to it but 
Girls are trained not to complain. Don't make trouble. Don't make a fuss. Don't rock the boat. Guys are trained that way in a different way. We know that men, part of the reason men don't talk about their feelings. So women don't talk about what other people do. Men don't talk about their feelings because it's usually shared activities so that they don't bring people down. Um, whereas women will continue to do the activity even when everyone's fighting. <laughs> but female hierarchies, it's a thing for another time. But those are fucking weird. Uh, like if you've ever been in a room where everybody's working in the kitchen and two people just had a fight and they're just still doing it. You know, the idea of walking away. There should be more of that. But if you walk away, people are going to talk about you behind your back. So women don't. It's not right. Just is. With men, guys will go, hey, what the fuck about things? But the more straightforward is actually just a different coding. Because we know that some that men still don't feel comfortable going... I am feeling down. I am feeling vulnerable. I am not feeling good because they don't want to wreck other guys' good time. And if men were truly more straightforward regarding feelings, we wouldn't see that. It'd be no, they 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 know they're you know that's the the man they don't that's the ruining the good time as opposed to making trouble, right? Because women can go, I'm so depressed, I'm so sad, as long as they're not talking about someone who's right in front of them. You know, then you're being mean, then you're making trouble if it's like, I'm upset because of that thing you said. <gasps> you know, but men are like, dude, stop pissing me off. All right, sorry, man, but it's not really that you were pissed off. It was that you know you were hurt but you don't say that and that's the thing about that's why the Baldur's Gate 3 thing is so like because I've been around enough groups of guys to be like they're like hot you know stuff like that instead of instead of appreciating you know a, a, a more verbose description of women like finding a woman incredibly intelligent or um you know the, the really finding someone physically attractive is still a certain amount of control admitting that somebody makes you feel fuzzy inside is much more vulnerable you know because you know, it's the, if you're like, you know, hot and she's like, ew, it's like, what's your problem? It was a compliment. Right. But if it's like, I really like you, I feel good around you. You know, you make the sun brighter and food tastes better and she rejects you. That's freaking crushing. Right. There are reasons for this stuff. And a lot of it is not the opposite sex. A lot of it is getting along with the same sex and not romantically, just socially. And one of the things that people don't realize about women 
is that, and this is going to be very controversial, but it's true. I just saw it happen again recently that everyone's real believes survivors and all of that until the person who's accused is someone you know and you think is an all right guy. And this is a bit of a primer of the separation between abusive behavior and an abuser, you know, because everybody's done something abusive at some point. It's just a matter of degree and type, but being defined by the abuse you inflict on others, that's a whole different category. And I think we blur the lines. And some people can be very different behind closed doors than they are in public. Because I work with a lot of entertainers and artists and so on and so forth, I see people go switch, switch. And these are people who feel completely alone in a room full of people because it's all a front. And then they take it out on the people around them. And in some ways it's their job. And that's the difficult part. But some of it is just an increasing hole inside them because they feel this expectation to be, I mean, the one guys always bring up is Henry Cavill, but even, even Henry Cavill ain't Henry Cavill, you know, Henry Cavill is an image. The real Henry Cavill, you know, he tried to talk about being awkward around women and got dogpiled because he's like, I don't want to get accused of stuff. And Nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody wants to be villainized. And it's so, you know, Song says all the time, and she's right, that you, you have to be legitimately interested in things, show who you are, and not not be pushing right away for boyfriend, girlfriend. And she's absolutely right. That is what women are looking for. That is absolutely what women are looking for. And then I hear from guys, well, but, you know, I was taught that if you want something, you go out and get it. How do I expect to get anything unless I put my mind to it? Unless I, you know, focus on it. It's like, that's accurate too. And it is really a question of, I think we, we make sex too much of a need instead of a want. And people get really upset when I say that, but by sex as a need instead of a want, sex with a partner masturbate all the fuck you want. I don't care. Um, it's not a need. It isn't. But it's talked about like it is one. Right? You see it listed on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, and that's wrong because being a whole person, having a sex drive, having sexual interest and preference and all that stuff is not the same 
as, well, I need it, so you have to give it to me. Or, well, I need it, so somebody has to give it to me. Well, I need it, so I'm entitled to it. Not the same. And, and the minute you start coming at things as, I have to have it, or bad stuff, people sense that. And it's not just women. Men sense it in women too. But men are not socialized to be able to say, she's creepy. You know, whole video on why, no, don't go for girls like Harley Quinn. That way lies damage, destruction, and despair. But guys are trained, oh, she's going to be hot in bed. No, she's not. And it's not worth it, dude. It's not worth it. And I know a guy really trusts me when he'll say something like, yeah, you know, I, I used to go to sex workers. I used to date just to hook up. And I realized I didn't like it. I want companionship. I want somebody I can talk to and be with and spend quality time with, you know. And I was vulnerable. But it's also true. But women don't hear that because, you know, I, I get it because there are shallow, superficial women out there. And because men and women don't talk except for something involving sex at the end of the fucking rainbow, um, those conversations don't happen. And it's also the fact that sometimes people get really in their feelings um, when people are talking about what they're interested in other people. Because it's, I mean, we have a part of our brain that compares ourselves to others. And so when we don't fit what they say is good, we feel a little bit bad. But there are ways around it. And sometimes it's just a question of, yeah, I felt bad because of that. That doesn't mean that person did anything bad. That's my insecurities. And we all have them. And that's the other thing. I think that more and more people are trained to... Not admit they have insecurities unless they are defined by them. And the truth is you can be the most confident person in the world in one way and completely not confident in another. And that doesn't mean you don't have confidence. Everybody has things they're not confident with. We don't teach self-acceptance as a culture. And I could talk for another three hours on examples of this, but I'm out of time. So we'll start there, but someone gets you wrong, it's worth understanding, but don't feel like you did anything wrong. Just because somebody gets you wrong, you didn't do anything wrong. It's good to understand and learn about that person. That doesn't mean it's going to work with another person just because they are the same gender, right? Everybody has different things. And if somebody you're interested in, seems to talk about red flags a lot. Maybe that's more about them than you. You know, maybe they're recovering from trauma and they are not in a place for a romantic relationship. They might not even be in a place for functional friendships. That's not on you. That's not a saying about you. And they're not just going to snap out of it because you like them. That's work they have to do on their own. 
And that I think is a really fundamental, that'll drive, you know, women into black pill feminism, men into red pill, possibly black pill manosphere stuff. And it all comes down to not attributing the damage to the right place. I'll leave it there. Uh, this Oh, wrong one. I didn't do this off the top. Help support this channel. If you like this content, help support this channel. Uh, Patreon.com slash Leanna K. There's also a monthly sign up for coffee.com slash Leanna K for Leanna Care sessions for people who can use them but can't afford them. Uh, I've got a few people waitlisted, but the, the coffee's been slow lately, so I haven't been able to take anybody new on for Leanna Cares on the subsidized basis. But then there's the men's network, which there's going to start being movement on soon. We're getting to the part of August. The first thing's going to be the Discord, but more on that later. Thanks for watching. Manly Mondays.